How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy, you go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great, you'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good morning. Welcome to the Weekly Roundtable. C-SPAN here. Um, fair warning and fair disclaimer. It's actually a Tuesday night when we're recording this. Uh, I believe at least um, potentially one of the three participants is drinking already. Um, so fair warning, normal disclaimer. I do got a mixed egg this week, and so I'm going to get that out of the way before we actually uh, jump into today's topic. So one of the um, – a lot of stuff jumping around. So a couple weeks ago we had Pure Lead on uh, the roundtable talking about picking up the six and really trying to make a difference in your group. Almost simultaneously we had Slaughter saying we're, we're getting soft, we need to push harder. And I've gotten a weird bunch of collection of DMs from people saying, so what is it? Are we pushing harder or are we picking up the six? And I'm going to say yes. Um, you know, if you're a gazelle and you show up at a workout and you might as well get whatever the distance is and then go back and pick up the six and just get a little bit more. One of the other pieces of that is it gets a little more complicated if your six refuses to run. And um, I'm just going to share what they do in Dallas, which I think is great. You go to the workout, same AO, everybody meets out, but they split up and there's a group that's turbo, and there's a group that's diesel. Turbos uh, normally run, and the diesels run less. And so sometimes it's better just to split the group rather than trying to make everybody be a runner. And so I'm going to leave that there. But I'm going to say, are we pushing our fitness levels? Absolutely. Are we picking up the six? Absolutely. So that was today's mixed egg. That was a free one. Let's jump into today's topic. So we're going to talk sandblock sandlot jacks and uh, we have two of the invited athletes and we'll start with the easy stuff first Winnebago who aged you how long have you been doing F3 uh, um, as always I can never remember the exact amount of time because I started two times once in November and then again in February um, I would say at this point we're nine years give or take uh, EH by Pavarotti, uh, F3 Highlands, which is uh, North Charlotte, and um, what did I miss? How long? Who aged you? Yeah, I think that's pretty good. I think you should probably, those Highland guys are going to get their feelings hurt if you don't at least shout out a few guys that you work out with or that you see on the regular. Well, I don't know. I no longer go to the Highlands. Um, you know, my my top guys are the, the other guest on this call, Finger Licking Good. He's from uh, Race City in Statesville. My um, OOGs, which are uh, Primetime, Mortimer, and uh, Fenway from F3 Lake Norman. So those are my, my tightest boys, my, uh, my inner, inner circle. Excellent. 
And uh, he already gave away the other guests. Finger licking good. Huey H. Yeah. How long have you been doing F3? Uh, so I got EH'd by uh, Rent-A-Cop out of Ray City, Kyle Pinkerton. Uh, I have been doing that since 2000 and, oh my gosh, 14, so eight years. Yeah, eight years. And uh, Excellent. So running a master queue there on Fridays for site queue, uh, depending on what area, I guess you call it different things. Um, so took over site queue, master queue this year, and it's been a lot of fun, really awesome, just new faces because uh, I've been kind of straggling on just popping in and out on S3 a little bit, uh, just doing various other training activities and um uh, Still, still train with my man Bago all the time, uh, and uh, the Ray City guys. Excellent. Okay, I'm going to catch the listeners up. Um, you sound like normal guys. They're not really normal guys. They, um, these are guys who try super, super, super hard. Uh, both of them excelled at uh, doing stuff in F3, and then. Um, started doing GORUCK stuff, and they both did really, really well um, with GORUCK. And um, I guess kind of like the pinnacle of what you guys won. Both these guys have been through selection and done really well in selection. But the team assessment, uh, I want to say it was last summer, these guys won. And hopefully you're going to tell me that was last summer. Hopefully it wasn't two summers ago. My, my summers are kind of running together. But these guys are... <laughs> Two summers ago, okay. Split the difference. These guys would, yeah, split the difference. Fall of the year before. Ago. <laughs> fall of 2020. It yeah. was fall because I was yeah. cold. Right. You're right. It was fall of 2020, and these guys are super fit. They try really stinking hard. Uh, I will tell you, they both uh, have a baseline of F3, which is really, really great. Uh, they will do other training activities, and they will compete, but uh, I, they always kind of default. This is their... F3 is where they reside, and I'm going to tell you, we are lucky to have them as guests. So that was your intro. And what we're going to talk about today is the Sandlot Jacks thing, because they were both invited to participate as kind of the featured athletes. And for most of us who did not go to the event, we have no idea what this is actually, what GORUCK put on that weekend. And so I'm going to have them explain the event first. So um, let's do day one, session one. Bago, can you walk us through that? Yeah. So uh, taking a slight step back, uh, let's say day zero. So um, Friday night we had uh, an athlete's check-in at 5 p.m. Lots of uncertainty. Uh, There was... There was some familiarity. Obviously, the, the Goruk people knew each other, uh, you know, some of us pretty well. Obviously, myself and Joe and uh, Chad Malone, who we um, communicate with you know, pretty regularly. But the other ones, you know, a lot of familiar faces. Um, chicken at five and no idea what is to be expected. Um, we were issued a ruck, 45-pound plate for the men. Women got a ruck. 30-pound plate. Um, we got a sandbag uh, that was empty and uh, some other odds and ends. And uh, given a lot of different uh, pieces of information, but ultimately told, uh, meet us at Gorek headquarters tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. And I'm like, oh, 6 a.m., that's so terrible. I never sleep well before an event. And then, you know, um, that's really early, which the no sleep proved to be true. I woke up at 2.15 in the morning, and that was when my day started. Um, but, you know, the, of course, uh, trying to guess what's going to happen, we, with the empty sandbag, I actually thought we were going to be filling our sandbags that were going to be following us, following us for the, the duration of the event and do some sort of thing with that. Um, thought... Certainly there would be a, a beach rock, but you know, was hoping that it wouldn't be 12 miles, which 
Of course it was. Um, we got there. We had a, a very long um, check-in process where you know, we were each assigned a number. We had to you know, get information. Uh, I don't know if it was intentional, but just stand around, stand around, stand around, stand around. But luckily, you know, we knew enough people, and you know, we just socialized. No, no real nervousness uh, that I felt. Um, it took us across the street to the the beach. Uh, took us in the water, and I was like, oh, this is unexpected. Um, standing in the water, it was. It was actually great because I really needed to go to the bathroom, so standing in the ocean just <laughs> created a perfect opportunity. Yeah. Um, Kadri Mocha Mike uh, likes to start off all of his event, events with a uh, very loud and proud national anthem, so we did that um, in front of the stars and bars. Uh, we're re-educated on the, the meaning of the elements of the flag. And then from there, uh, we're told to line up and briefed on what we were doing, uh, unknown distance, unknown time, ruck, uh, starting from on your belly, face in the sand, and uh, the leaders had to carry a flag, uh, a weighted flag, and whoever was in the lead had to carry it, and uh, if you wanted to take the lead, you had to take the flag. So I was kind of encouraged. I was like, that'll slow people down. I mean, you know, uh, Carrying a, a flagpole down the beach, you know, you're going to have a good amount of wind drag. Uh, you know, that'll keep these guys from going too fast. And it did not hey, keep them from going too fast. That was <laughs> not a good assessment. Um, you know, them boys was fast. Uh, you know, people uh, in F3, you know, were... were Usually middle-aged guys. Uh, you know, if you've spent some time in F3 Metro, you know, there are some some real rabbits in there. But generally, you know, if you run somewhere seven-minute miles, uh, you know, you're fast. And these dudes with a 45-pound ruck and a weighted flagpole took off like lightning. And um, you know, my strategy uh, for everything, but especially that, was, um, was, you know, coming, I have had COVID, and ever since then, my lungs aren't quite the same, and I have a really, really hard time if I lose control of my heart rate, getting it back under control. So my idea was, I'm going to start a little bit slower than I might want to, and then I'm going to, you know, ease into this thing. And uh, it started way, way back and just kind of plugged along in my mind. Uh, you know, maybe this will be five miles. Uh, maybe it will be 10K. Yeah, maybe it will be eight miles, 10 miles. I don't know. Surely it's not 12. And then we, we hit a turnaround point. And I knew that it, no matter what, it was going to be somewhere between 8 and 12. Um, Ran into my boy Finger, looking good right here uh, on there. Saw him, you know, with his uh, wonderful rolled-up capri pants. Uh, recognized him from a quarter mile away. Said, I'm going to run with this guy for a little bit. And we, we formed up, and I thought we had a plan. You know, we're going to run a little. We're going to walk a little. You know, we were kind of in a spot where there was nobody really close behind us, nobody really close in front of us. Uh, we're just going to sit in this spot and, you know, not expend any extra effort. And then we hit that turnaround spot and Finger couldn't follow a plan. So um, I had to chase him down the beach for the whole rest of the uh, back six. Yeah, hold on. I'm going to let you take a breath. So uh, just catching the listeners up. When he says he has to chase finger looking good, we're all chasing finger looking good because that dude is fast with a rock. I mean, it's ridiculous. And so when Winnebago's saying, hey, he's just trying to have a nice stroll with a guy and the guy dumps him, he's a guy that dumps you and you can't catch him. Okay, Bago, back to you. Yeah, I mean, you know, I thought we had this great plan of, you know, uh, pick a point, we're going to run there, pick another point, we'll walk there. And uh, he just wasn't having it. Having it. He, 
you know, a, a guy passed us and he just couldn't stand it. So he decided he was going to run continuously. And uh, I just didn't want to, you know, keep pursuit. They told us how the, the things would work. They, you know, the guy who's in first get one point, second gets two points, third gets three points and all the way down. So I'm like, it's a point. You know, he's going to go. I'm not going to chase him. Um, and we just proceeded on down the beach. And, you know, as things wore on, you know, they got warmer. Uh, I always have problems with hydration. Um, ended up getting a little uh, hamstring uh, tickle and decided that I was going to pretty much walk the rest of the way. So I gave up, I think, two more points because uh, a couple of people passed uh, right in the last little bit. And I did not want to risk uh, fully locking up the hamstring. But, you know, Joe did all that extra effort for two points. you damn right I did. <laughs> so is there anything else in session one, or is that all in session one? I was worried that there was going to be more because that was, you know, a lot. And um, I was so they, hoping there was going to be more. Well, you know, that would have filled, that would have filled a, apart. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the the people who came in first ran 12 miles on the beach, half of which pushing a weighted flagpole, and they finished in 90 minutes. Uh, Finger and I, I don't know exactly what time Finger was. I guesstimated mine. They had set down the, the timer clock um, when I crossed over. But it, it was somewhere, uh, give or take, a few minutes of two hours, ten minutes is what we, we did. Yeah, mine, mine was 11, I think. And you finished. Yeah, so I, I was, yeah, I was like a couple minutes behind. I could see you cross the finish. Um, but it was the beach. The you beach stuff is always funny. Uh, no, that play, it it plays mind tricks on you because you're just like, you know, you think you see something, then you don't see something, and then you know, like, how long is this? Do I recognize that? Oh no, it's just another beach house that looks the same. The only landmark, like, I you know, I'm so grateful that. Jacksonville Beach only has one pier. Like I'm used to the Outer Banks of North Carolina, where there's a pier like every mile or something like that. Uh, but it's uh, it's it it was a, a landmark. I knew that we did not have to go past the the pier, which was great. But um, it was it was a good one. I mean, you know, coming off of that, uh, a lot of people were not expecting that much distance. I mean, I sort of did, but, you know, was hoping for less. You know, that's, a, that's a long ways to go um, on the sand. But um, it was great. I mean, you know, uh, we were right around the middle of the pack, which is good. I mean, you know, there was some super fast people, and then there was uh, some not-so-fast people. Um, but you know, coming off of it, other than the hamstring, I felt good. I mean, you know, I wanted some some food and some not water from a bladder, but it was right. great. And finger looked and he like yeah, and this he had just been strolling on the beach holding my hand. Okay, and huh. so and the guy that the the men or women that did it in ninety minutes. Basically, they're on break while everybody else finished up. Yeah, they did. Uh, but coming off of that, we uh, didn't know. Um, we we had a nice long break off of that. We, you know, we came across, waited for everybody to finish. They, uh, you know, kind of debriefed us and then told us our our next check-in time was. 1600 hours and I'm you know not being a military guy I'm sitting I'm like that's a, that's a long ways from now isn't it I think it's a long ways and I'm like you yeah, know you know carry the two and you know like, it's just oh, okay subtract just subtract 12 always just subtract yeah. 12 yeah 
Yeah, so I was very pleased that um, we had a nice long break. Um, you know, uh, yeah, you kind of had to prepare for anything. I mean, you know, the, it, the the way that they structured it was very much like a traditional GORUCK event of you don't know what is coming next. You got, you know, a little bit, a little bit. So you always had to have a strategy of what, uh, when am I going to go hard? When am I not going to go hard? Uh, you know, what events are worth expending energy over and what's not? So, um, you know, a 12-miler is something that you can, you can burn out a ton of energy or you could use that as an opportunity to, you know, hope that some other people went a little too hard. Yeah. Okay. So you guys get finished up. The crowd finishes up. That gets us to the end of session one. Session two, uh, finger looking good. You want to walk us through that one? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, still want to, want to note that Bago, between the two of us, is the smart one because he had a car at HQ, and I just got a ride to HQ, and I'm like, I'll see you folks later. And then they tell us we got this huge break. Well, we're 35 minutes from civilization, <laughs> a ride. So by the time my ride got there, I got stuck at HQ for two hours. So my clothes were wet from the ocean, and I fell asleep in the front of HQ in my ranger panties out in the bacon sun. And I got woke up by Mocha going, Baker, I know you're good, but you're cooking, dude. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so definitely definitely not smart on my end. But <laughs> but I finally got a ride. We got back to the we got back to the B and B and we're good now. Uh, so we got rested up for session two. Um, session two, uh, we just rolled in. We had no idea uh, what we were doing. Um, first iteration was um, max dead hang pull-ups with a 20-pound ruck plate carrier. Is that what it was? It was 20 pounds, right, Bago? Yes. 20 pounds. And, and uh, they told us about the rules for that and then took us over to the field in the middle of the venue and showed us what the second event would be, but the, the ladies would be doing that first and then the men would be doing the pull-ups first and then when everybody was done, we would just flip-flop. Uh, and that ended up being a 10-pound like sandbag kettlebell, um, which is a new product, I suppose, um, that we would be tossing backwards over our heads, I guess. I don't know what kind of toss you'd call that, but uh, almost like a really explosive kettlebell swing, and then you let it rip behind you. <laughs> uh, yeah, this. and so... What, yeah, hold on one second because, like, some people are yep. going to know, like, if, uh, if you watch the road games, you basically take the kettlebell, it's kind of in between your legs, and then you go straight up, or are you going straight over your – is it you're going height, or are you going distance behind you? No, distance – so it's going distance behind you. Um, so they had Got some it. measuring tape okay. out, and uh, they had, a pla they had like, a platform, and it had a frame around it, kind of like a like – a, if anybody lifts, it's, it was a lifting platform but it was just all rubber instead of having a wood, uh, like a wood platform in the center. Um, so you couldn't, you couldn't fall off into the grass, which, which was funny when Bago chucked his first one and uh, he was like, oh, my foot went over, redo. <laughs> that was funny. Um, but I so tried to fall when, when it wasn't a fault because it was such a <laughs> terrible throw. <laughs> oh man but uh, so we got you got two two chances uh, to get your best score so not combined score just your best throw um, so that was that uh, the strict pull ups 
and then you got points for that. And then we reset. We met up again. Got like a little little break in between. It was nice little breaks in between um, evolutions, so that was nice. Um, the second one was the that was the eighty pound eighty pound in uh, sandbag was a twenty pound ruck, so they they call it the hundred pound mile for time. Uh, so basically, we just did four loops around the venue. Uh, and then they clocked your time, and uh, the cards fell when they may after and, that. So that was pretty- and yep. it was done like NASCAR style, where the twelve miler was the qualifier, and they stacked us. Oh yeah. Based on how people finished, so the fastest guys got clean air, and you know the slower guys always were you know uh, had a bad view. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's how they started us off. They started us off like two by twos, or was it, it was three, three wide, three wide. Um, so when they started us off there, uh, we finished that, um, that hurt some, I would say that hurt some folks. That was pretty rough. Even the, and kudos to the females on that deal. They had to do the same weight. Like, I mean, that's, that was remarkable. I didn't know that they were running the same weight until afterwards, and I was like, wow, that's pretty freaking impressive. Um, after that, I think... Farmer's Is that it? No, Farmer's Care. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm absolutely uh, terrible about. Uh, so I'll do a little complaining, and I have a... I have a bad wing on my left side, and uh, anything downward grip is detrimental. Uh, that was one important thing that Bago took up um, the back on during team assessment was uh, the bucket carries because, man, uh, that old hand uh, just works about 60% as good as my right hand. So uh, I knew the, So we had a 45-pound ruck on for that. Uh, with two 60-pound sandbags. Uh, the females had 30-pound rucks with 40-pound sandbags. And uh, we were walking. They never really said how many meters we were walking back and forth across the field, but they had, I think it was about 25 meters. And then they had it blocked off every five meters. And every so basically like every meter you went over, you got, you you rounded down. So if, when you dropped your sandbag and you had made 10 laps plus three, you know, plus 15 meters, uh, and you were two feet from the 20 meters, you, you got credit for 15 meters, not 20 meters. Um, did fair uh, in that. I would, that was not my, uh, that was definitely not my strong um, Evolution myself. Uh, the pull-ups were good for me. The kettlebell thing was running the mill. Um, and then the farmer carry was pretty running the mill for me. Um, on the 80-pound, it was, I would say I probably, I think I picked up two spots on that, but I'm not real sure on that either. It was a big, it was yeah. a big wadded mess. So I have a clue. Um, yeah, so... Help me on the farmer's carry. Did you go till failure, or was there a, was it a time yeah, event so that, you were yeah. trying to sprint it out? Yeah, so it was actually two failures. So uh, when they said go, you took off, and you walked 25 meters, you turned around, you come back, you turned around, and you're, you had a judge uh, at the start line that was keeping track of how many rounds you made. Uh, and then pretty much as soon as one hits the ground, you're done. Um, got it and it ended up I mean man there's some impressive folks out there I can tell you that it was uh, it was very watching uh, watching true athletes uh, perform is absolutely amazing it was cool. a funky event because people went at different speeds we were, everyone was going at the same time so you couldn't like 
And you know because we went at? back and forth. Yeah, like if everyone is say you're going down a beach, like if you dropped your bags, you could be like, okay, the guy in front of me is you know went further, and the guy behind me went uh, not as far. But since it was back and forth, you had some people who like you know, I mean, there was lapping that occurred. Uh, and, you know, so you would sit there and you would look around and be like, oh, I beat that guy. But the reality was that guy was a full level ahead of you. He just didn't uh, oh. you know, get to the same point yeah. as you. So it was really uh, a funky event. And the thing was, like, with Farmer Carry, if one hand went, like, that was it. Like, you couldn't do anything. Like, right. uh it it was funky, like it was it was tough, and yes, there were some very impressive people who did that. Um, but and it wasn't you know, the biggest guy that won that event. That's what was crazy. Yeah, um, Farmer yeah. Carry is a Farmer Carry is a great equalizer. I also think the um, the eighty and twenty were the one mile. Probably also, if you guys were running cert, or laps, right? That had to be like a psychological one too, because um, when you have that much weight on, you feel like you're doing really good, and then you realize somebody's coming up on you and they're passing you, and it's like, how did they get that far in front of me? Um, so I'm sure that was another one that was crazy. I don't know if you guys got passed, but that's you know sometimes when you're doing mile of stuff like that around a around a track, all of a sudden it's like that place tricks in your mind too. Yeah, it was like weird. You, so you, I, go ahead. Sorry, dude. Uh, what was crazy on, uh, for that eight, for that hundred pound rock for me was like, you know, now you're, now you're racing and you're trying to, cause you can only go, it's like, you only got a certain burst of energy that can kind of happen with that much weight and you're already running anyway. So it's like, all right, well, there's an uphill over here. There's a downhill over here, but the downhill is right at the start line. So I don't want to pass them on the. You know, I want to try to pass them right before the hill or something or on the hill. And, like, you go smoking by them, and you're like, all right, I'm good. And then you kind of settle into a little bit faster pace, and then all of a sudden they come sprinting by you again, and you're like, man. <laughs> Devastating. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awful. Um, it's like I just gave it all I, I had. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah it, Bagel, I mean, I that, the, yeah. the 100-pound was really funky in that, like, you know, you're all tight together, and you go, and you have to, like, wait for the guy in front of you to go, but it's still kind of tight to start with, so, you know, you don't have a ton of room, and I'm, I, I call it, I'm a claustrophobic runner. Like, I like to have clear air in front of me. Like, I don't like to be close. I don't want to clip someone's heel. I don't want to, you know have someone clip my heel so it was really really tough and then you're doing four laps it was kind of like you know uh, a fairly decent decline flat around the turn and then you had basically the same climb that you went down and with something like that like you know uh, again it was really pacing for that event, like, you know, 100, 100 pounds for a mile is hard, but if you go too fast, like, you're you're cooked. So I was like, oh, you know, I might give up a little bit at the beginning, you know, I'll kind of thin it out, have open air, but then I just don't want to be, like, the dude who just dies. And, I, you know, there was a lot of messiness as far as the lining people up. You know, we had people who were probably out of order and, you know, didn't remember, uh, you know, who was in front of you. I, it was it was a, a funky event, and it was hard because, you know, you, it's max effort. And I just remember um, I was – Almost halfway through the the uh, the third lap of four, and they called five minutes. And I'm like, man, I'm doing good. Like I might I might run this like sub eight, 
And I'm like, that is insane to me. And then the guy in first passes me right then. And I'm like, that guy's going to run at sub six. I don't feel good anymore. Like, just <laughs> the, the level of athlete uh, that was present there, I mean, you know, it was, uh, a, you know, I joke with my wife all the time, and then, you know, talking to, uh, to Finger as well. Like, you know, I always joke, like, babe, this is top 10%. Like, you marry the top 10%. And she's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I mean, it, you know, I'm, you know, you look around, like, you know, I'm 41. I'm top 10% of it. The problem is, you know, because of social media and, you know, TV and everything like that, like, the people that you see there are, like, the top fraction of 1%. And the gap between... That that and the top ten percent is as big. Like it's just huge, and like you did, it was it was nuts, you know, seeing that. Well, let's let's catch the listeners up. So that's the end. Um, of day one, basically, you guys probably are tired at this point, go back, and then day two kicks off. And, why don't, Bagel, why don't you tell us uh, how day two kicks off? Well, I, I, I'm, Finger is apparently going to deprive me of, like, my one, you know, highlight, which we had oh, an no. overhead 80-pound <laughs> sandbag hold. And, uh, you know, that was, was still on day one. That, was, that was the last event of oh, day hey, one. Hey, and kind that, of going through. I, I was purposely being the host, cutting people off, and I apologize. So that was me swerving back to say, hey, wasn't there one more featured event on Saturday? I got you. I felt, I felt the vibe. I felt the vibe. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we, they, you know, we did all of this stuff, and then it was like, uh, you know, Max – Overhead hold, women had 60 pounds, men had 80 pounds. And, uh, you know, when they announced the event, it's funny because uh, Cadre Diaz, who we, we talked to fairly regularly, um, had asked us probably two months ago, yo, dudes, uh, how long can you hold a 120-pound sandbag over your head? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I'll give it a try. I didn't have 120, but I had 105. So I held it up, and I'm like, I, I don't know. I probably can do it like a minute and a half. All right, thanks. And I'm like, never thought anything of it. I'm like, this is, you know, I thought it was something he was going to do for uh, sandbag rock training. Um, and then, you know, they announced that, and I'm like, that's what it was about. And it's holding an 80-pound sandbag, and I'm like, okay. So I did it at 105 for, like, two minutes. So 80-pound, like, I don't know. I maybe do a little bit more. I don't know. I, I'm kind of tired. And then we watch the women, and the women are doing it forever, like forever and ever. The I think the winner had, like, seven or eight minutes, and I'm like, I'm just not going to do good in this. Like, that's a long time. And, you know, we start, and, you know, it was, it was wild. You know, um, you had to choose how you are going to do it. Like, some people had their hands all the way underneath the bag. Some people grabbed a strap, let it dangle. Um, you know, and then it was in a circle. So, like, you had to look around and, like, watch uh, and let your, you know, pride suffer as, you know, you, you consider dropping and everybody else looks so fresh. Um, but, you know, that was a, a wild event. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know where it worked out for e- either of us, but, you know, that was, that was my best event. And, you know, I think, I think you ended up fourth. 
Yeah, and, and I was doing it, and another um, cadre who we you know have worked with for training, uh, cadre Steve, came over and was like, "Man, dig deep, dig deep." And I was like, the funny thing was, is I was super digging deep, and then like he started talking to me, and I became less deep, and I'm like. <laughs> oh no, you know, and like all it like they said if it touched your head it was over and it's like an inch and a half of clearance. So it doesn't take much for you to be considered out and um yeah, it was it was it was uh it was good times. It, it was. And our our, our buddy Ronald Tortola ended up winning that event, so it was nice to see, you know, uh, a good dude, you know, go ruck guy to to take an event. So that was the end of day one, official. Officially. Officially, the end of day one. And um, for those of you keeping track at home, um, our guys are sitting pretty good on the scoreboard at this point. They're both feeling pretty good about their – um, their efforts. Take us into day two. Uh, That's you, Bago. You know, we we finish we we finish up. Uh, we get another you know debrief. Uh, be here at ten hundred hours. So I didn't have to subtract the twelve. It was perfect. <laughs> uh, I know that time. Um, and I'm like, all right, you know. We're, we're going to do the obstacle course, but I don't know what else we're going to do. Um, you know, we get there, sure enough, obstacle course. Uh, we, you know, start lining up by seating. Uh, the women actually went first on that, so you're, you're kind of watching them go through, and I'm like, man, they are really good, really, really good. Um, you know, but uh, I'm noticing, you know, there's certainly some strategy, and then it's like consistently people are crossing the finish line and like dying, like right there. Cross, collapse, and like, you know, look like they're uh, about to, to die on the spot. So I'm like, I'm thinking this is pretty hard. So uh, they, they had told us, you know, you have two attempts at an obstacle, and then after that, um, if you can't complete the obstacle, you have a, a minute. Uh, penalty added to your your score. So I'm like, there's some strategy in here because I had tested some of the obstacles, and I'm like, some of these, I'm you know, I'm a bigger guy. I'm, I'm you know, a hobbyist fitness a fitness guy. Like I don't stay in in fighting weight all the time. I'm, I you know, get ready for an event, do that, and then afterwards is like, you know, I'm gonna eat and drink and be merry. Um, so, you know, some of the hanging, swinging stuff isn't my, you know, type of thing. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to go out slower, kind of see what it is. Uh, if there's any obstacle that I'm not certain about, I'm I'm just going to skip it because, you know, I had watched some people go through obstacles, fail two times, probably took a minute and a half to fail those two times and then add a minute and a half or a minute penalty onto that, like, I'm just not going to do that. I, I'm going to be slow enough as it is. So went through it. And it, it, was, it was really interesting. You know, most or every obstacle course race is, you know, you run a little bit, you do an obstacle. You run a little bit, you do an obstacle. You run a little bit, do an obstacle. So you kind of like, you know, have this, recovery period, and then, like, a little sprint over the obstacle. And this was not like that. It was, like, obstacle, 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 obstacle. Um, and it was very, very uh, challenging for me, you know, uh, but not for the other guy here because he went through it like, a, you know, a hot knife through butter. Man, okay. I, was I, I was already, yeah. I was already, I'd already went through my lap, and uh, man, I was cheering you on, dude. It was so awesome to watch because you were, uh, for your nimbleness as a big fella, you was, uh, you was crushing it, dude. 
And it was just you were trying every <laughs> every every ounce of your body to get through that as fast as possible. It was fun to watch. Yeah, so catch the listeners up. So this is the Savage Race, which which off school it was Savage Race. It was their course, and so probably a lot of the listeners have. But they just jammed all the obstacles together. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think you're looking good. If you can just kind of walk us through, was it just like the normal obstacles uh, that they're the normal uh, Savage Race just jammed together really tight? Yeah. So um, I haven't I haven't actually done a Savage Race, but I'm I've done a few of the. I've done a couple of trifecta Spartan things. Um, like he was saying, there was a lot, there was a lot more running in those, and this one was obstacle, and then a couple feet obstacle. So it was very jam packed inside of a, I don't know, maybe a fifty foot by fifty foot area. Um, so it was. I don't even know if it was that big, but. Um, I mean, it was one right after the other, after the other, after the other, uh, with almost, and it progressively kind of got harder. Uh, so you had like the speed, like you kind of did like a lap, but it was like you went down, uh, you went down the outside first, and then on your way back you went through the inside, and it was, I mean, it was just. Uh, just one, it just progressively got harder, uh, more grip strength, more technical, more uh, whatever. Um, so it was, I've never done an obstacle course like that. So it's kind of like going to, we take our kids to those like uh, trampoline parks and stuff. Uh, and yeah. some of the trampoline parks have all those little OCR little courses through them. And yeah. uh, it's kind of like doing that at a, at a dead sprint like five laps. <laughs> yeah, well, and I guess, and then to Winnebago's point, the bigger guys, this is a huge disadvantage to them because they don't get to recover on the run in between obstacles. They're carrying more weight. So any advantage they had in the other events for being bigger totally got eliminated yeah. in the obstacle course. Huh? Absolutely. Uh, that's what I heard a lot of, which, um, you know, from the from the bigger studs, was it was like, yep, I'm skipping that one. Yep, I'm skipping that one. <laughs> and I'm just going right. to take my penalty, and it'll be, and my time will be faster. Uh, so kind of what Bega was talking about there is like, there was a strategy behind each each athlete's uh, deal, and uh, my my strategy going into it was like, I'm just going to, I know I can do the obstacles, so because for whatever reason I don't practice practice obstacles at all, but Anytime I've ever done obstacle races and anything, I've I've never, other than the spear throw, I've never failed an obstacle uh, out of the, I don't know, eight eight times I've done them. And Got it. so for whatever reason, I don't know, like my goal was is I'm not going to win this thing, but I'm just going to go as hard as I can and see where I stack up. And um, I was like, I didn't fail any obstacles, which was awesome. And I come across the finish line, uh, damn near puking and throwing up and redlining and uh, <laughs> love it. And uh, which I I thought like personally that was awesome, but then I I I knew what the first place guy's time was, and he come in at four minutes and thirty seconds, and I like. I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta at least get close to that. I can, I can keep up with him on this. And I was digging, 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 digging as hard as my little heart could pound, and I come across it at six thirty-three. <laughs> and I'm like, man, that wow. son of a buck. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, and just, I guess uh, this is, yeah. And this is just everybody runs, gets a time. And then you guys got to walk, and I don't know who wants to take this part because I don't understand the next piece. Basically, you guys made it through session one on day one, session two on day one, um, make it through day two, and and everybody's going to want to talk about this kind of bull in the ring thing you guys played after that. Can you help us understand kind of what the state, maybe Bego, can you kind of help us understand what how you went from the end of obstacle course into how they did bull in the ring? 
yeah, they they um yeah, coming off of the obstacle course, like that was the final event. They had lined people up based on their, you know, standings prior to that, uh so people could, you know, see if they were a contender or not. Um then, you know, the the obstacle course definitely shook some things up. You know, there were at least two people who were in the top eight going into it that um, weren't in the final top eight. Coming from there, they had, uh, you know, typical playoff seedings, you know, one versus eight, two versus seven, you know, all the way until it was uh, 4v5. And they had, uh, so it was three rounds that they went through. One was... Um, you had to do a couple obstacles, and then you had to do um, a a drag of a 125. Like I don't even know what it was. Like sandbag type thing. It was a rogue apparatus thing. Um, and then you had to do the 60 by 60 go ruck workout, which is the the 60 sandbag burpees where you you flip it over your head and you do a 180 and do it again. Um, but it was you had to do 20 reps of it, so you know however fast you could do that. And then from there you had to you know go down to the other end. Uh, another event they had to to do some obstacles. They had to move a towel, like a a stack of sandbags over and jump over a wall, and then ultimately um, they had to finish with a rope climb. I think I'm t twisting some of this up. But it was a whole lot of, like, work capacity, cardio, strength, and then, you know, finishing up with a weighted rope, two weighted rope climbs. And there was actually one of the, the women, um, she was way ahead and ended up not winning because... She just couldn't finish her rope climbs. Um, so it was really, really exciting. And it's single elimination. So, you know, you, you lose, you're out. Um, and the effort was crazy. Like, you know, one guy fell over the wall and, like, hit his head on the side. Another guy um, had to uh, come back because he dropped his sandbag too soon. He didn't cross it over the line. I mean, it was wild seeing all the competition. Um, there were upsets that were part of it. And then it all culminated into um, 1v2 was a best of five, um, you know, uh, jujitsu, wrestling, sumo, you know, uh, get them to, to tap or push them out of the ring uh, situation. And then um, the battle for third was a best of three. Um, and for men and women, and you know, you're you're doing all these events, and you know, it's rucksack, it's sandbag, it's weights, it's obstacles, and you know, you're thinking, what is the the iteration? And then you just kind of got this sense that it was going to be different. They, you know, they were laying out the the mats and making the ring, and you know, you're you're getting ready to watch some some serious violence. And uh, it was, uh, you know, we got a, a ringside seat. It was complete pandemonium. Um, you know, uh, I think, you know, there was no series that was like, you know, a total domination. I mean, you know, the, the men's final for first place was a three to nothing, but uh, the second place guy definitely, you know, Put up a good effort. Uh, you had a couple, couple dudes go blue in the face because they they were trying to find a way out of a chokehold that uh, just wasn't there. So, and all right, I was going to say let, let's uh, uh, as our res, our resident jujitsu expert um, finger. Were these guys actually wrestling, or is this just like? Because basically, you and I know if Winnebago wanted us outside that ring, he could pick us up and throw us. Um, so, is it was there technique involved, or was it just basically brute strength at the end of two days worth of working out? Give us a give us a wrestling update. Uh, yeah, so I was 
So, yeah, I would think it was definitely um, more wrestling than more grappling. Uh, there was a few, there was a few good chokes in there, uh, but uh, <laughs> I would say backyard wrestling uh, amplified is what I would consider it. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu, there was one guy there. Um, he ended up finishing third. Third, I believe. No, four. He he finished fourth. Um, he knew some jujitsu, and the other guy was just bigger, stronger, and uh, just could pick him up and throw him out of the ring. Um, but I think technique. If you if you get into you know wanting to go to the go rock games, and and I'm going to say that's a high probability that's going to be the final event. Uh, for a long time to come, I think, because it was uh, very entertaining. Um, so I think you're going to find uh, a large uh, group of GRTs, OCR people, uh, F3 guys, if they're going, if they want to get into the, to the GORUCK, if they're GORUCK guys and GRTs, uh, getting more into jujitsu and maybe wrestling classes and stuff like that because uh, technique would have went a long way. Um, but there was there was very little. There was a lot of athleticism, just very little fighting technique. But uh, I think DS put it best when uh, he said, doesn't matter how much you can deadlift if you're dead. So learn to fight. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, Bago as our uh, as our resident heavyweight. Uh, any any final comments on this wrestling piece? Because um, there's probably not very many people that made it through the obstacle course that were in the heavyweight division. How do you feel about all the wrestling? I mean, I thought it was thrilling. Um, I, you know, I won't say that I'm a pacifist, but I'm you know. Uh, um, I'm a lover, not a fighter. So, you know, I, I'm watching this, and I'm like, I don't think I'm going to do too well in this. Like, what would I do? You know, if I can't choke them and I can't push them out, like, if we have to really, like, have technique, I'm probably not going to do so well. But you never know. I mean, weird stuff happens. Uh, the one guy who was third, he was, like, a, you know, one of those r- rare guys and that like he was really big and strong but he was also super fast um like quick uh the the beach truck he wasn't so much but uh on the rest of the stuff he was quite a specimen and he was the guy that just overpowered um I thought it was a, a great end. Uh, you know, I'm sitting there going, oh, this is uh, this is one way to do this, you know, ending it with a fight, which is, you know, uh, a competitor, especially with money on the line, could sit there and say, well, you know, this is so uh, different from all the rest. You know, how am I supposed to do this? But um, for uh, some of the other um, similar events, Spartan Games have... Um, you know, fighting in it. I think it's a great option. I mean, you know, uh, kind of throwing back to what um, you mentioned at the outset with slaughter and we're getting soft and we need to push harder. I mean, you know, uh, you if you do not constantly do uh, the the hard things, the harder things, then you will find yourself complacent and soft. And I've kind of gotten to the point where, you know, a lot of the things that are uh, the quote-unquote harder things with athletics or, you know, these events, I've done those, and combat sports is kind of like the final frontier. And it's like, uh, I guess I might have to do this. Uh, Luckily, I have the resident expert, um, in jiu-jitsu as a, a very good friend. So Joe will have to show me the way. Yeah, well, we're getting on top of our time. Here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to ask you both because um, 
you guys are both F3 guys. I know we're going to get a bunch of questions. Let's go with what are you like your favorite part of this weekend? Um, because it's cool that you guys got to be part of the first one. Why don't you let's go favorite part of the weekend and then whatever you want to leave li- uh, listeners with. So, um, Bega, why don't you go first? What do you do favorite favorite part of the weekend? But it's people. You know, I, I'm I'm a people person. Uh, you know, uh, winning things is not always like I, I'm. I'm not driven so much by winning anymore. I'm still super competitive, but you know, something like that, um, being part of the the first class uh, was a high honor. Um, you know, getting to see people that you know I, I'm friends with but don't live by was wonderful. Um, time with Finger is always great. Um, meeting people from other you know disciplines, super incredible athletes. Um, you know, seeing them work, um, you know, uh, talking with them between events, uh, seeing that they're, you know, uh, put the pants on one leg at a time, same as us, they're just, you know, a little bit better at uh, a certain type of thing. Um, that was my favorite thing. I mean, the weather couldn't have been better. Uh, the, the event was executed perfectly, you know, you never really were left questioning, you know, what's this, what's that, what am I supposed to be doing? It was just, it was an all-around perfect weekend. Uh, I, I couldn't have asked for more. Um, and and to, to do it with uh, my running mate, finger licking good, was just, you know, pure uh, icing on the cake. Yeah. And I, uh, I always think it's great when you guys get to do stuff. Uh, you guys are a good team. What do you want to leave the listeners with? Me? Uh, just always be challenging yourself. You know, uh, we can, men especially can fall in ruts, you know, and, and it can be a productive rut. You know, we could uh, sit there and be like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, training for BRR and then you just run and you run and you run and you run and you run and then you're just like, you know, you don't realize it, but you're just kind of getting sick of running and it's lost its effect. Um, Just try new things. This was way, way outside of my normal comfort zone. I mean, obstacles. I love to climb and do all sorts of stuff, but, you know, I knew that obstacles were really, really a weak point for me. Um, and I had to be exposed on some things. Um, but, you know, that's what I would encourage people is just try new things. Uh, I, I had the time of my life doing things that I, uh, a lot of them I just sucked at. Pull-ups and obstacle course were, are just sucks for me. And I wouldn't have wanted it any differently. Love it. Love it. Uh, finger looking good. Uh, Let's do a favorite part of the weekend. Uh, man, I'm I'm gonna have to echo Bago like big time on all of that. Um, awesome weekend, fun to compete. Uh, when we weren't com- competing, we were hanging out with you know our the friends that we don't get to see all the time and and all that stuff. I mean, it was just awesome. Um, <clears throat> Probably one of my favorite things, like <clears throat> I've been doing, you know, I've been doing the Goruck thing for for a minute or two, and uh, my M is a huge supporter of whatever you want to call this that I do, and she she went with me down to the to the Sandlot deal uh, to support me on that deal, and I don't think she realized how awesome the community is and. Uh, she got to meet some F3 guys down there, and she, like, it kind of opened her eyes up to a whole new world uh, that I'm very thankful for because uh, now she's uh, she's starting to exercise. So, like, she got a fire lit under her. She's like, I'm going to start training again. i got to get back after it. That was a lot of fun. I'm going to come back next year and uh, stronger, faster, and harder to kill, and uh, I'm going to crush some more events, and, 
so that was that was a from the weekend that was an awesome byproduct uh, just to have her have her there. Um, but uh, probably uh, one of the uh, little fun things was, was like when I when I knew we were done and uh, didn't make the top eight and we could start uh, carb loading. Uh, I uh, I may have blindsided DS and we got in a good little roll and uh, he ended up arm barring me, but that's okay. But uh, <laughs> that's good. I gave him a good fight. Um, I'm not very good at this whole jujitsu thing, like you guys talk about. <laughs> well, but uh, well, and just the weekend. Like it's such an awesome weekend. We're already signed up to go back next year. Uh, the wife's going back next year. Whether uh, whether or not I'm in the go-rug games or not, we don't know. Uh, but I'd love to participate again. And it was just a huge honor. And, and go-rug and Jason and Emily and all them did, uh, all the cadre, they did an awesome job with the whole weekend. And uh, it, was, it really was a perfect weekend. It was awesome. Yeah, what do you want to leave the listeners with? Because I think uh, when whenever I have you two on, I, I always feel like you guys leave guys in the right in the right way. So, what do you want to leave the listeners with? Um, yeah, I'll do hard things. That's that's definitely a good a good one for sure. But to add on to that, um, even though to do hard things and push yourself, um, be the one percent. Um, you know, 99% of the people out there are not watching their diets. They're not making sure they get sleep. They're not making sure uh, they're being a good husband or, or self-growing uh, in that fashion uh, or with their kids or their friendships or their um, their spiritual being or whatever. Um, so be that 1% that wakes up and, and has discipline and can drive forward. And your sole purpose in life that day is when you wake up, um, before you go to bed, you better yourself before you go to sleep, even if it's just a little bit. Love it. All right. The one thing I didn't do is I didn't thank the guys from, uh, from Saigon Sam and the guys from F3 Jacksonville because they really helped push the F3. Um, they're, they're tied with those guys from GoRuck and made sure that F3 was well represented, so we're going to give a shout-out to them. It's always a pleasure talking to you too. I got to get back to Charlotte just purely to work out with you guys because I miss you guys. Um, so, for you guys, have a great have a great uh, weekend. For the rest of you, I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for being a guest on the roundtable. I'll see you guys. Thanks, Ethan. Thank you.